Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Inside Purple and Gold. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to Inside Purple and Gold. I'm Dane Mizutani, joined today by my good friend and now our good friend of the podcast, Nicole Yang. She covers the New England Patriots for the Boston Globe. She is someone I've known for a couple of years now, and she will be hopping on a flight to Minnesota in the next couple of hours. Uh, Nicole, thanks for joining us today. How are you? I'm doing well, Dane. How are you? Good. Are you excited for this, what could be a, a awful, awful game on Thanksgiving <laughs> night? Yeah, the fact that it's on Thursday night doesn't bode well. And the fact that the Patriots offense is dysfunctional also doesn't bode well. So we'll see. And the fact that the Vikings just lost by 37 points on national television <laughs> doesn't bode well. Like all of this is like concocting up to be like, just one of those typical Thursday night games that like nobody actually enjoys watching. Everyone just enjoys making fun of on Twitter. Correct. Like both, like you said, both teams are coming off pretty intolerable week 11 games and there's no reason to think, I mean, at least for the Patriots, there's no reason to think that it'll change. I think that's what everybody is going to be watching if they're still tuning in by 820 Eastern to see if there's any hope for this offense. But I mean, at this point in the season, it's week 12. I think we kind of know like what the Patriots are and it's just not a high scoring group. Yeah. Let's go there. Cause I mean, we'll talk about the Patriots defense who probably could have a pretty good night against the Vikings, especially watching what Dallas's front seven, actually Dallas is just like front four did to the Vikings offensive line. I think the Patriots will be able to get home there, but what's wrong with the offense? Like, we talk pretty much daily. Um, you know, we talk about how this offense struggles. Is it all Mac Jones or is like, what, what's, what is the biggest issue in, in your opinion um, that makes this offense not go? I mean, I think it's a combination of things. And I think that's why it's so hard to pinpoint the blame. And that's probably why the conversations have just veered in so many di- different directions. Cause the offensive line has not been good. And David Andrews, Suffered an injury on Sunday. We'll see if he's able to play on Thursday. That would be like quite the turnaround. I would be kind of surprised if he suits up. And when he misses games, I feel like that just messes with the rest of the offensive line. Isaiah Wynn just is checked out and just doesn't care. So he has had a horrible season. Cole Strange has been promising, but he's a rookie and has been struggling lately. So the offensive line definitely has struggled in protection, like no doubt. But then a ton of it also is on 
Mac and he's definitely regressed in year two. Obviously, he missed time with the ankle injury, so I'm sure part of that contributes to his sort of the interruption of his development and things like that. And then the play callers are Matt Patricia and Joe Judge. So it's like all these three factors just lead to an incompetent offense. And if you want to assign blame, it's probably hard to like rank who's most responsible. I think all three parties are responsible, but one thing's for sure is like the Patriots can't score. So if the Vikings get out to like a 14-0 lead in the first quarter, first half, like chances are they're going to win the game. What was it like this year in, in in New England and Boston? Zappy fever, like what was that whole experience like for you to cover the team, but also like for you living in Boston to like see how they took to this kid Bailey Zappy, and by the end of that two, three, four-week stretch, they were calling for him as the starter over Mac. Yeah, I think that shows like, how much of an impact Tom Brady has on people that they think like you can find the answer at quarterback immediately. And that's just not the case. And everyone thought Mac was the guy after one year. And if you think about the number of players that people thought could be the guy after one year, and then they don't even get their fifth year option picked up or people regret picking up that option. So I think people were a little bit too quick to just anoint Mac as Tom's successor and like, wow, we found our franchise quarterback. And that's just much harder to do in the NFL than maybe Patriots fans realize. So as soon as Mac was struggling and as soon as they saw this young, like fourth round draft pick slinging it and like the Patriots scored like over 30 points in a game that he played in. So everyone just took to him and like zappy fever is kind of catchy. And so now though, like, whenever Mac makes a mistake or whether the, whenever the offense makes a mistake, honestly, people will start chanting like zappy zappy in the stadium. And it's just like Bailey zappy isn't the answer either guys. So it's just, I think a reflection of how much of a mess the Patriots offense is the fact that like people think this six, one fourth round quarterback is going to be the solution. That probably has something to do with Tom Brady too, right? Like, yeah. He came in as this unheralded guy and, and took over and obviously is the greatest of all time. I think we all would agree on that. But like he kind of has them in a chokehold still to this day. Yeah, like the number of memes that people were sending around <laughs> with showing Tom Brady and Drew Bledsoe and then Mac and Bailey Zappi, it was just off the charts. And like people need to understand that Tom Brady's story is like a once in a generation type thing. Like if it's going to happen again, it's definitely not going to be with the same organization. <laughs> like the chances right. of that happening are so slim. Yeah. I mean, some would say Tom Brady's fallen off and like maybe he's having to deal with like failure for the first time, but I feel like it's now it's like he, now he's bounced back and and here he is with Tampa and they're, they're still running. So you're right. There's only one Tom Brady. Um, there's only one person that can kind of take that storybook angle and, and and turn it into the greatest career of all time at the quarterback position. So Mac Jones, probably not the answer. Bailey Zappi, probably not the answer. The Vikings will try and get home with both of those guys, but the offense isn't fully incompetent, right? Like there's, there's some good players like Ramondre Stevenson probably has a good game this week. The Vikings couldn't stop Tony Pollard or Zeke Elliott last week. So he's someone maybe that, that could come up and, and, and ignite a little bit of, the Patriots offense in a way that, that it makes them look them at least makes them look some somewhat of competent. 
Yeah, so Ramondre <laughs> Stevenson is probably the only dynamic playmaker the Patriots have on offense. And I think when I looked up in the press box on Sunday, I saw a graphic about the yards after contact that Zeke and Tony Pollard had against the Vikings. And that's like Ramondre's strength. Like he can break tackles. He's so hard to bring down. Like he always fights um, for the first down for extra yardage. Like there are so many screenshots showing like what's ahead of him and he'll have four defenders ahead of him and he'll still be able to get like six yards. So he definitely is probably what keeps the offense going. Damian Harris also honestly is a productive back too. So they do have a pretty good backfield receiving wise. Jacoby Myers is their only reliable, consistent contributor. So between the three of them, like they do have pieces. It's just whether they can get going. Yeah, Jacoby Myers. Nicole told me to draft Jacoby Myers last year in fantasy football, and he wasn't that good. But then she told me to draft him again this year, and he's been pretty good. So let's hope Mac or Bailey or whoever is slinging it to Jacoby this week. Yeah, uh, like eight points. Yeah, high floor sometimes. How about the defense? That's probably if, – if the Patriots are going to win the game, like that's where they're going to win it. Yeah, that's how they win most games is that they score just enough, but their defense or special teams makes like a game-defining play. And I think that I was initially surprised because you look at the Vikings offense, obviously Justin Jefferson, Dalvin Cook, Adam Thielen, like they have these, especially compared to the Patriots, like high-profile players. But then when you look at their production and their scoring, it's honestly not that high. Like the Vikings, I think, have – I think the Patriots have the worst red zone offense, but I think the Vikings have the 31st red zone offense. So the Patriots definitely have an opportunity here, and if they can bait Kirk into making a mistake or if they can pressure – I know the Vikings will be missing one of their best tackles. So if they can pressure the quarterback, like the pieces are there for them to win because their defense is that good. Now their schedule up until this point has been fairly easy. Uh, so I think as we go through the later part of the schedule and their competition gets tougher, people will be interested to see how the defense holds up because the offensive, the, the offenses that they've played so far, like aren't that good. So this will sort of be like an opportunity for them to show that they are for real. Yeah, you mentioned Vikings without Christian Darisaw this weekend or Thursday night. <clears throat> That'll play a huge part. Um, the the Cowboys just destroyed Kirk over the course of three quarters before the Vikings decided to wave the white flag and realize they're playing on Thursday night, so there's no reason. And Kirk had already been sacked seven times to that point. There's no reason in letting him get beat up some more. So I think the Patriots will be able to get home on on Kirk. If they can't, though, if he has more than two seconds to throw the ball, can anyone cover Justin Jefferson on, on the Patriots second in the Patriots secondary. I mean, the Patriots secondary is pretty good. They don't really have a number one cornerback <clears throat> per se, but what they like to do, I mean, Bill Belichick, when they, when the opponent has a team, has a player like Justin Jefferson, he likes to take away like the number one option and force the others to beat you. So I wouldn't be surprised if they use like a safety. That's probably their strongest position group um, to help. So Kyle Duggar, Devin McCourty, 
um, Adrian Phillips. So they definitely will, their secondary is one of their strongest, um, I would say parts of the team. So they definitely have the personnel, even though they don't, there's no like JC Jackson or Stefan Gilmore anymore. Sure. But as, as Justin Jefferson's proved, like he's going to go out there every Sunday and very rarely is he going to be taken away completely. But I, I think the whole Bill Belichick likes teams to make teams play left-handed like that could come into you know the fold this week and and it should be interesting to watch them kind of duke it out because we saw Justin Jefferson get shut down in week two and week three and then he exploded for the next six seven weeks and he basically got shut down last week against the Cowboys and I think they're going to be working to kind of get him the ball quicker and in more space so Excited to watch that. Is there an X factor, like someone that could wreck the game for the Vikings from a Patriots perspective, either offense or defense, anyone that you can think of or like that maybe we're not thinking of that, that people kind of in that Patriots echo chamber have been a little bit high on that, that maybe the Vikings casuals, Vikings diehards aren't thinking about. On the Patriots? Yes. <clears throat> I mean, not really, because I think the Patriots are very, like, what you see is what you get. So it's like, sure. okay, can Matthew Judon break through? And, like, I think he leads the league in sacks. Like, can he get to Kirk? Like, okay, if that happens, that'll probably be a good sign. Like, can Ramondre Stevenson be productive? Okay, if that happens. Like, very rarely do we see, like, a surprise contributor on the Patriots, because very rarely do we see, like, everything come together in general. So I just don't think that there is really an X factor for them. I think the key will be for Mac to not turn the ball over. Like mm-hmm. if, when Mac turns the ball over, um, like the Patriots have plenty mm-hmm. of ways, but they also have plenty of giveaways. I think they break even. And so if Mac can take care of the football, then they're in good position. But if he is throwing interceptions and they've definitely tightened it up with him, but if he, um turns the ball over like that is a stat that I'll be watching um and honestly how quickly the Vikings score like the Patriots are not a team or not an offense that can play from behind so like I said earlier if the Vikings get up 14-0 like game's probably over well can't wait to watch what hopefully will be an entertaining game likely will not be um if Thursday nights are any indicator it's going to be a clunker that's enough football talk. When when we come back, we'll talk to Nicole about stuff we both actually like to talk about. 